Hello, this is Greg Mahochko, one half of Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour. Before we get the show rolling, just a quick reminder for you to check out all the other shows that we have on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. Kevin Huntsberger hosts My One Two Three Cents, the podcast, with new episodes every Monday morning. And of course, uh, myself and the co host of the year, Mike Luther, bring you Nerds United every week as well. Check out jitterymonkey.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko and my co-host on the West Coast, Mr. Chad Smart. Chad, how are you, sir? Greg, I'm doing well, doing well. Um, you know, trying to stay out of the rain. It's, it's that one weekend of the year where it does rain here in Southern California. And, uh, you know, I figured what better way... Just pass the time stuck inside. Then with a movie that I would probably never ever watch. So we are, of course, talking, and not of course, like, you know, this is going to be so obvious of all the movies that we would typically not watch. Uh, no, the one that you picked this time around is, depending on what, you know, website you're looking at, 2016, 2017, animated classic. We'll go with that. Rock Dog. Welcome to Snow Mountain, where sheep live in harmony. But the dog who was bred to guard them sees you. Here he comes. He's in your face! Yes! Did you see that? Would rather rock and roll. I like it loud. I like it tight. Dad, I've decided to become a musician. You're not going to be a musician, Bodie. You're going to be a guard. Get used to it. But when inspiration falls from the sky... Any advice for up-and-coming musicians? Never stop, even when your dad says stop! He'll make his dream a reality. Bodie isn't you. He's looking for his own paradise. What's this? Go to the city. Find that passion! I love you, son. From the co-director of Toy Story 2... One of the masters is having out. What? Bring him to me. We get him, we get Snow Mountain. Can we get a red cord to go with the red phone? Come on! Next year. This is fate. Mr. Scattergood came to Rock and Roll Park, found a band in need of a guitar player. I think you ought to go up and meet him. Ask him to give you some guitar lessons. Okay, I'll just... That was a nutter. Follow your passion. I was so sure this was the band. You're going to find one. It doesn't just happen overnight. Mr. Scattergood said to never stop. And nothing will ever make me... Oh, boy. And discover your power. Scour every square inch of this city and find it. My family's in danger. I need to go. Hold it steady. Fire! Answer the question of my life. Mr. Scattergood. The gates are I'm completely paralyzed, Ozzy. Except for my mouth. My mouth is what I'm a finger. Rock dog. Yeah, and this is one, I, you know, this 
the topic or the theme of these episodes is supposed to be not my demographic movies that we wouldn't normally watch. But I feel like, at least in my case, when I'm picking out a movie, it's more like just a movie I haven't seen. I can't think of a movie that we've suggested where I'm like, no, I have no no desire to watch this movie. And when I proposed Rock Dog to you, you actually were like, oh, I've seen it. Which what, you didn't know. take me as full surprise because you do have a young child. And I think this would be right up there, Allie, if they were looking at the, the uh, thumbnails on the streaming services. So, yeah. So it's a cartoon – you know, the CGI or however, you know, you want a digital 3D, fully fleshed out animated feature. Uh, but it's anthropomorphic animals and it has music. So you get cartoon animals and music and my son, that's that's his wheelhouse. I mean, you know, I can't complain 30 something years ago. That was my wheelhouse, too. But uh uh, yeah, well, you so, know, you know, a movie has anamorphic, anamorphic guy. I can't even speak of the word. Anthropomorphic. Uh, that's the word as the sirens go by in the background. Anyway, uh, one movie has creatures like that that sing and dance, and given the amount of CGI in it, could be classified as a CGI film. Cats. It's, it's, I'm talking about cats, and so. I think your son will love cats when it comes out on video. Yeah, but there are 100% fewer human hands in Rock Dog than there are in cats. This is true. So, uh, yeah, Rock Dog, briefly, it is set uh, in, well, it's Tibetan Mastiffs, who, uh, you know, father who protects the village of sheep, and his son, who is next in line to be the protector of the sheep, but old son, when he was still in short pants, you know, because dogs wear pants, uh, he found a, a little guitar and he fell in love with music until music that the village was playing attracted the wolves. And it was uh, the dad who had to use his special, they call it, I don't know, I think they call it the fire or something like that, but it, it, some special magical maneuver that, uh, chased all the wolves away, but they said, we need to keep quiet, so we're banning music. That was the dad's idea. And he also created a bunch of fake Mastiff-type soldiers to uh, to look out and make it seem... Uh, Greg, yes. based on our conversation from the last episode, they are predetermined fake dogs or <laughs> predetermined dog army. They're not fake. Hey, you know, if Mike Quackenbush can use the F word, so can I, right? Anyway, uh, the son, he, he wants to play music so bad, finds a radio, and uh, he, he's not really being well-groomed for that protector, guardian-type role. Uh, but he finds a guitar. He says to his dad, I want to play music. And his dad says, go to the city. And when the city essentially beats the joy of it out of you when you fail... You come back here, we never talk about music again. So he goes to the city in hopes to meet his um, musical idol, voiced by Eddie Izzard. By the way, I really enjoyed the uh, vocal casting. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Um, but his musical idol is kind of a jerk and uh, ends up stealing the young dog's uh, song for his own purposes. Has a change of heart at the end, yada, yada, yada. Uh, still being chased by wolves. Wolves find out that 
there's pretty much just uh, fake uh, guards up at the mountain, go to the mountain, endanger the village, tie up the dad dog, and Sun Dog has to go save the day, which he does through the power of rock and roll. Pretty much uh, the plot in a nutshell. Yeah, pretty much. And as I was saying before we started recording, it, this was not what I was expecting based on the synopsis and the cover art. I thought it was just going to be about a dog wanting to be a musician who then, you know, goes out on the road to become a rock star. I did not expect all the kung fu mythology and and Tibetan sheep herding that there is. Uh, so this is this is very much a movie that feels like they had two or three different scripts, and somehow they all involve cartoon dogs, and they just put them into one movie. Yeah, uh, I'm not arguing that at all. It, it like I said, I had seen this before you know it's probably been a couple of years and honestly the only thing that i remember about it at that from that initial viewing you know when my son was two or you know early in his third year when he's just over four now uh all i remember was that okay it's a dog to play guitar like i had forgotten every other aspect of the plot which is you know expected probably i mean it's not really i don't think suited for Guys in their 30s or 40s or whatever. Um, but, you know, my my son, he watched it with me today and, you know, he's upbeat, you know, dancing around to the music. It was it was what it needed to be for him. Uh, but real quick, let's talk about that cast. Uh, the main character, the, the young Mastiff dog, is uh, Bodie, voiced by Luke Wilson. As I mentioned, his musical idol is voiced by Eddie Izzard. His dad is voiced by J.K. Simmons. The lead uh, or, or boss wolf is Louis Black. Uh, one of his, uh, I guess it's one of the other, um, I'm thinking about it, one of the other uh, wolves is Keenan Thompson. Matt Dillon is also in it. Sam Elliott is, is very recognizable and honestly probably I think the first voice that you hear. He kind of plays the narrator role. Uh, there is a female band member that uh, Rock Dog is, uh, you know, there, he's just, he just wants to make it in music. He just wants to make music. And he, he heard, uh, his you know, his musical idol's na- uh, name is Angus Scattergood. That's Eddie Izzard. And he, you know, on the radio that fell from the sky, he heard that Angus was just walked through Rock Park and uh, met a band that didn't have a guitar player. And, and uh, that's how he became famous. He just joined up with the band. So that's what Bodie the dog is trying to do and and anyway one of the band members the bassist is may whitman are you do you know who may whitman is i believe she was on newsroom and is in the current nbc show good girls and i'm trying to think if she was in zach or zach uh scott pilgrim versus the world if she, i'm thinking someone else she was uh she was the drummer yeah i don't know about that uh she's also the voice of Batgirl on dc superhero girls uh, been in Family Guy, Young Justice, American Dad, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She voiced April O'Neil in the uh, run in 2017. She, she's done, you know, quite a bit, a lot of uh, vo- voice work as well as, uh, you know, some some acting as well. Parenthood, among others. I think my wife used to watch Parenthood, so that's how I knew of that one. Um, but anyway, a uh, name that some people might recognize. Uh, I think. I mean, I'm kind of looking at 
I think I've named all of the actor voice actors, or you know that that I recognize. Um, when did when you say that the movie did not meet your expectations based on you know what you read from the brief synopsis? Was that in a good way? Like, did did it over deliver, or was it just completely different than what you envisioned? It was just different. Mentioning the multiple script idea and to put this into a context that I think you might be able to appreciate a little bit. It's kind of like the movie red state by Kevin Smith, where I don't think it is as strong of a film as it could have been because it seemed too disjointed. I think with red state, same thing where Kevin Smith took the beginning of one film, the middle of another and the ending of a whole different film and put them together. Rock dog. I think probably would have been better if it was maybe, more either gone the Kung Fu Panda route of trying to establish Bodhi as the protector, or if they would have gotten rid of that whole subplot and just went with him trying to be a rock dog. But it, again, it, it's not a bad film by any man, any stretch of the imagination. And um, yeah, it just, uh, it just seemed very disjointed because it starts off in the hills with the sheep and then, Rock Dog goes to become, you know, find his musical mentor. And meanwhile, you have the wolves trying to kidnap him and failing uh, because it's just kind of uh, standard stock. Uh, henchman uh, type stuff. Yeah, dumb henchman comedy. And then like the whole relationship between Angus and Bodie. Like, Modi thinks they're friends, but Angus is just using them. And, and the other band, Mae Whitman, and the other members of that band don't believe Modi knows Angus. And it's, it's just very weird. And then the fact that Modi helps him write a song that becomes a hit overnight, apparently. And then, yeah, it's it, it's fine. Like I said, it's and again, it's not a movie that is aimed at, you know, our demographic. So I think kids will enjoy it and not overthink it like I I'm doing right now. I'm going to, I'm going to make a reference that I think you will appreciate because at the end of the movie, when Bodhi quote finds the fire and you know, he has these energy blasts that, you know, it's like the inherited power from his father's iron paw. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't remember those. I just, I'm on IMDB and that's what they were calling those particular things. Uh, and he's playing his music with such, uh, passion that this energy flows through him and he's, you know, stops the, uh, wolves and saves the day and everybody's floating. And at the end, everybody's at the concert together and it's very Bill and Ted's bogus journey, music bringing everyone together type of feel. Would you agree? I could see that only with less primus. Yes. Uh, and less, qu- um, not queen, um, kiss. Well, yeah, but I mean, God did give rock and roll to us. Yeah, but so, that was that's an Argent song. Did you know that? Uh, I knew it was a cover. I didn't know who did it. Yeah. But th- I guess this is the dyslexic version because in this one, Dog gave rock and roll to us. Well done, Chad. That was gorgeous. I applaud you. Oh, finally, I didn't get crickets on this show. That's good. <laughs> no this this isn't uh, this isn't out of touchstone. Touch You're appreciated yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you know that 
look, I, I'm not going to get into the full, you know, like, I don't even know if this movie was ever actually released, like, in, in theaters. I know that it has over 4,200 ratings on IMDb with a composite score of 5.9 out of 10. Uh, look, my son was on board for this. I mean, it's it's a kid's movie. I couldn't even tell you, honestly, what studio made this. Like the, uh, it was written and directed by Ash Brannon. I'm not sure if that's a name that you're familiar with. Nope. Cool. Um, apparently did some animation work for Pixar, uh, Toy Story 2 and Toy Story, uh, was a story artist on a bug's life, um, was an animation trainee on the little mermaid. So has a little bit of that Disney, uh, pedigree, if you will. And I'll be honest with this. This movie's not terribly far away from being a Disney movie. I mean, there's nothing, you know. I mean, well, I believe it was co-financed or co-produced by a Chinese company. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> well played, you turd. <laughs> uh, so apparently, it, it did have a box office showing um, opening. In the USA, and about two years ago, no, wait, what year week? Twenty twenty, three years ago, in February twenty seventeen, uh, opening weekend was uh, about thirty, no, about three point seven million. Uh, it had a sixty million dollar estimated budget. It made under ten domestically, so it's you know not. Uh, it needed more superheroes. Or, and I think this is what is also kind of interesting, as you mentioned the animator background of this guy, but this didn't look, I didn't feel like this looked like a Disney film. This looked more like a Chinese manga um, drawing from my, my limited knowledge of manga. It just, which I think helps separate it and make it a unique looking film. It didn't look like a Pixar or DreamWorks wannabe. See, I, th- uh, I, I it, thought more it DreamWorks. It its own style. I thought more DreamWorks when I saw it. I, I thought it was, I thought it fit in the DreamWorks, you know, style. Maybe I'm mistaken. I, but I also don't know what, man, I mean, I know what manga is, but, you know, I, I don't know any really necessary quote unquote manga, as it were. So. Yeah. It's sense. just the, I think the shading and everything it was a little more 2D than the 3d, which is what I was expecting as well. So again, I think this shows if you go in with no expectations, <laughs> like I tell any, any woman that agrees to a date with me, if you go in with no expectations, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, produced by Mandu pictures and Huye brothers, uh, based on, okay, well, here we go. It is based on the Chinese graphic novel Tibetan Rock Dog by Zheng Jun. I would have not thought that this was a graphic novel. But also that plays kind of more into your uh, manga stylings, let's say. It has that, uh, this is going to sound horrible. Um, I, I don't know if I can, can I say Asian persuasion? Mm-hmm. Well, you just did. So, well, sure. I mean, you know, it, to, to piggyback on what you were saying, when you re, when having learned that it's based on a Chinese graphic novel, it has 
an Asian style to it that I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I didn't pick up on necessarily, but, uh, you know, hey, Cinema Score gave the film an average grade of B plus. Yeah, so good for them. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I said. I think this movie is perfectly. You know, again, if you're our age and you're just looking for something to watch, probably not going to sit down and, and focus on this. But if you have kids, or if you are uh, babysitting, or or if you just like really offbeat films, this would be a good. Uh, Good choice. What, what in the world else are we going to talk about for the next 10 minutes, Chad? Uh, I did have something, but I've completely forgotten about it. And uh, so, well, I haven't listened to your latest Nerd United. Well, so we'll get a plug in there for that. But, Which uh, also now putting content on YouTube, Nerd United, or uh, YouTube.com slash Nerd United Show. There you go. Uh, you can check them out on YouTube. So I, I did see your your uh, thumbnail, though, that you did finally see Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Agreed. Yes, for sure. So I, I, I saw it, I don't know how many months ago, back in August, September, something like that. October, November, somewhere around there. You saw it on the Reboot Probably. Roadshow, did you not? Or did you see it in I did not see the, it on the Roadshow. I saw it on the Fathom Events there we go. premiere night, um, which I think was November because I met Keith Coogan in October at Nostalgicon, and then he was at the screening here um, we saw. And so I met him and his wife again. Again, good people. Highly um, encourage if you ever are at a show, if a con is near you and Keith Coogan is going to be there, by all means, uh, well worth the time to meet him. But I would say, yeah, what was your initial thoughts on the reboot? Really enjoyed it. Um you know, it was uh, had I don't want to say deeper themes than you know, but I thought it was more mature than the straight up you know Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I really there were some aspects of the movie that I just absolutely loved. It still has some of that sophomoric humor, you know, that Kevin Smith style. But uh, and I don't know how much uh, how many specifics you remember. Uh, but that scene with Ben Affleck when he's talking about being a parent, that mm-hmm. like that spoke to me in a way that I was not prepared for. Yeah, it did not to me because I don't have kids. But I did like I did think that was a good wrap up to the Chasing Amy story. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as as I talked with Mike uh, on the newest Nerd United, uh, you know, I said when they talk about how. When you're when you become a parent, you don't really have as much of a third act in your you know three act uh, you know uh, arc your your three act uh, story as much as you're just helping somebody else with their first act. And I never really thought of it like that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it I think as awkward and odd as it sounds, I think that that scene, possibly the entire movie, is going to make me a better father. I would have not thought that from. No offense to Kevin Smith, who's I'm sure listening, but uh, well, and in that regard, then does that change your opinion of Kevin Smith putting his daughter in all of his films? I never had an issue with it. Um, you know, it, it, look, it's I don't. I mean, it, it's not. Look, there's nepotism in Hollywood, which you are, I'm sure, quite frankly aware of. Um, yeah, because I don't have any relation in Hollywood, so that's why I don't have better jobs. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there 
or, or people in, you know, all aspects of that industry who are, you know, look, it's, it's, and, and I get it, you know, he's, I'm sure that Harley Quinn Smith is going to have a career that, you know, I don't, I don't say this wishing any ill will on any, but I'm, I'm sure she's going to have a career that, you know, possibly outlives her father. You know, I think she's going to do good things in the entertainment industry. And, and, and I don't mean that, you know, like Kevin Smith's going to die in 10. No, I, I, you know, hope we get, you know, Jay and Silent Bob when they're 60. That'd be funny. Um, it'd be a little off putting, but it'd be funny. Um, but I, you know, you got everybody's got to start somewhere. And if her, I think a lot of people, you know, you know, talent individuals or producers of other films are probably looking at her in that role with a grain of salt, but I think she held her own, you know, she, she carried her weight and she uh, was there for some pretty impactful scenes. So I was impressed with her, you know, acting chops and uh, look forward to more. Uh, I, you know, I, I think some of her, her heavier scenes when she's, you know, talking about not really having her dad and, and, uh, you know, I, I think that those were some of the better scenes that she was on on a screen involved in. Okay. No, I just, again, I'm making conversation. I, I, I did see with the um, announcement of the Masters of the Universe voice cast that Kevin Smith is producing that she has a role in that as well. And I also obviously, if you can, uh, you know, on the Out of Touchstone podcast, recently we watched um, Adventures in Babysitting for an episode or recording in a week and a half or so, we watch Cocktail, both movies starring Elizabeth Shue. Her brother Andrew is an extra in these films before he got famous. So, yes, if you have connections, obviously you use them um, because uh, Hollywood's, you know, and then this is going to be a backhanded comment, I guess, but, you know, Hollywood's not necessarily known about just putting good talent on screen it's it's uh it's like so much else in life it's not what you know it's who you know exactly and as the uh, beneficiary of that more times than i care to admit so be it yeah again if you can if you have that opportunity take advantage of it uh wait i'm sorry privilege is bad so don't use it um so yes Rock Dog, as we get back to uh, Rock Dog, uh, I was pointing out to my son, and in, in fact, I, I interviewed him after the show, much like uh, our friend Tom Skullwood in, in uh, Fletcher's Movie Reviews. Quick uh, shout out to uh, Tom and Jim's Top 5, may it rest in peace in the very near future. Uh, but I you know, I just I sat down with my boy after we uh, watched the movie, and I, I asked him a few questions. Uh, Foo Fighters is one of the uh, I say maybe non-original songs. Uh, it's one of the established and recognizable songs on the soundtrack as Bodie is leaving Snow Mountain to go to the city and you, you hear Learn to Fly. Uh, just overall, the movie, or, or the music, I feel like it enhanced the movie. You know, it's a movie about, mm-hmm. you know, rock and roll and, and, you know, music involved. So I, f- I feel like the music itself almost was another character. Yeah, no, I think the music worked well, and uh, that's all I'm going to say because we are running out of time, and I really want to hear what your son had to say about the film. Are we really out of time already? Yeah, it's 25 minutes. 
Okay. Well, that's it for uh, this episode. And thanks to Chad. And this is Chad and Greg's Power Half Hour on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. So we just watched Rock Dog, buddy. And did you like the movie? Mm-hmm. It had, well, it had a dog who wanted to play music, right? Mm-hmm. You can use words. You don't have to just go, mm-hmm. Did you, did you like the movie? Uh-huh. What was your favorite part? Um, my TV show. <laughs> did you like that uh, the dog got to play music with his uh, musical... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the word I'm looking for either. Do you like that he kind of got to, to be the star of his own show there at the end? Mm-hmm. Did you like the music in the movie? Mm-hmm. Did you like the Foo Fighters? Yeah. No, no, no. I like the firefighters. You like firefighters? <laughs> I like it. And anything else? Um, I costume at Halloween is scary. You have a scary Halloween costume? My night costume Halloween. Your night costume wasn't scary. But what does that have to do with the movie Rock Dog? And superhero feet. Superhero feet? Yes. Is this just the uh, random question, random answer portion? Where? No. Are you ready for some lunch? No, I'm not lunch. You're not hungry? No. Okay. You want to watch more cartoons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I go back to Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Scooby-Dooby-Doo? We'll put on some Scooby-Doo. You want to say bye, everybody? Bye, everybody. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.